Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to a weird report, a weird, I don't even know what to call this, but Alex Kennedy of the NBA, he's uh, come out and said that he was talking to a Western Conference executive, and they brought up how Toronto makes a lot of sense for DeMar DeRozan as a landing spot. People around the league, people that keep up with all the NBA news knows that DeMar DeRozan has been brought up in trade discussions for the past couple weeks now, and apparently this Western Conference executive thinks Toronto is a perfect landing spot he goes out to say that as far as what Toronto would have to give up it would probably be a first round pick plus Serge Ibaka or Marcus All. Riker DeMar DeRozan before we get into anything is a Toronto Raptors legend obviously was traded out to bring in Kawhi Leonard who inevitably brought us a championship and with all the respect and history this man has had and bringing us dragging us from the dirt and all that what are your just thoughts on this whole, this speculation, I guess I want to say, from an executive? It doesn't seem like a report that Toronto's actually going after him or the Spurs, they've had talks or anything, but what what are your, what are your, just your impressions on this sort of thing that's going around Raptors news? My thoughts are, no, no, ah, no, <laughs> that, that's my, my thoughts. But Ben, let me, let me put this out to you, is who, do, this report says it, it's, it's a perfect landing spot, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense for who? It, it, yeah. Only the San Antonio Spurs, because they're desperate to get rid of him or LaMarcus Aldridge at the at, at some point this season, undoubtedly. I mean, we, we're talking about this. Greg Popovich, since he started coaching, has made the playoffs since 1997 or 1998. Right? This is the first season now that he's like a sub-500 team. It It's looking really grim for the San Antonio Spurs that are basically mm-hmm. a legacy franchise in the NBA. And it's because when LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMarcus, uh, when LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan are out on the court together, they're inefficient. It's a very inefficient yep. duo, and it's just because they're both mid-range guys, and that's just not the style of NBA anymore. And I'm going to give the the, uh, the, re- the relationship to, or the likeliness to DeMar DeRozan and Carmelo Anthony later in this pod, but I think... If we just took DeMar DeRozan, even for free right now, and dropped him in on the team, not have to give up any assets, we're putting our team at a disadvantage from what we are right now. And that might shock some people. I'd say most people agree. I don't know. Where, where do you stand with this, Ben? Okay, so that's that's a far that's – a, that's a bold statement right there. And we'll debate that after. But I guess to reel it back in a little bit, the, the thing that this executive brought up is a first-round pick and Serge Ibaka. Before we dive into this any bit further – is there any chance that Masai Ujiri gives up a first-round pick and an asset such as Marc Gasol or Serge Ibaka in a possible deal for DeMar DeRozan? Or is that, we're just, are we writing that completely off? I hope we're writing it completely off. Not, we're not yeah. giving away any first picks. I'd say Serge Ibaka could be a tradable piece now that we have a lot of revitalization exactly and... from the bench. But it's not going to be in a deal with DeMar DeRozan. That, you can be absolutely certain you can take that to the bank. Yeah, and a first-round pick. So... The, for the people, we, we've had a couple comments, a lot of people have been talking about this, this speculation, but we're, we're of the firm stance that we don't believe Masai Ujiri is going to trade assets such as that to get bring in DeMar DeRozan, despite the history, despite what he brings to the table, as you brought it up. He, he doesn't really fit the modern NBA, and the reason why the Toronto Raptors have succeeded so much is because we all of our players can knock down threes and play defense. Every single one. I don't think there's a player, except for with uh, the exception of Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who just makes up for it with his remarkable defense and hustle and rebounding. Everyone on the roster can knock down threes and play defense. It's why we're so successful. And unfortunately, DeMar DeRozan, with all of his scoring intangibles and his ability to get buckets, 
he, he can't shoot threes and he can't defend. So it, it would be a tough situation for, for us to bring him in and assert him in a lineup over a guy like Fred Van Vliet or, you know, if you want to move Fred to the point guard and Larry to the bench. We I don't see him starting on this roster, but you brought up a point. You brought up an interesting point there that you wouldn't want DeMar DeRozan back for nothing. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to bring him in if we could get him for free or we could send, you know, something a much less valuable package to the Spurs cuz let's just say this let's let's say the Spurs get to a point where no one in the league wants to even though DeMar is super talented and this is someone's probably going to trade for DeMar just because of the numbers he puts up he's still putting up a solid stat line uh this season 22 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds, no uh, 0% from the three-point line even he he showed a upward trajectory in three-point shooting when he was at the Raptors but as soon as he went to the Spurs it completely fell off a cliff i think there will be a team that'll give some assets out there but let's say in a hypothetical scenario riker we could trade a second round pick not worrying about cap situation we could throw out a second round pick for demar derozan no our, our what, second round picks you, are invaluable ben they're invaluable because okay, we're getting nothing, gems from nothing for demar players. if we could pick him up no see we <laughs> It would harm the team. It would significantly harm the team because you're not going to give them a starting position role. You already talked about fit, and this is what I'm. This is what I'm saying is that our bench is uniquely crafted to provide a spark in games. And we might have talked about this last podcast where you bring in a bench with the intention that if there's a lull in the starting lineup, right, or if there's a bit of a scoring drought, then the bench doesn't necessarily need to come in to score. They just need to come in high energy, right, just to bring the pace of the game up. And then it's just a big plus that we also happen to have a fantastic bench of misfits and nobodies that are now absolute dynamos in the league. But if you bring a guy like DeMar DeRozan back in into this lineup, you're gonna he's going to demand the ball or he's going to – I mean, you can't deny him the ball. He's He's made himself a wonderful career in the NBA thus far. But he's going to bring it to the post – He's going to slow down the offense. Mm-hmm. He's taking away from the motion, uh, you know, from from quick passes. And just that style of basketball is not conducive with the with what the Raptors play right now. And you might say, oh, but Riker, his assist numbers were up as high as they've ever been in his entire career the last season that he was on the Toronto Raptors before he got dealt away for Kawhi Leonard. And I'd say, fine. But if you look at the difference between having a DeMar DeRozan team for the past six, seven years before he got traded to what the difference of two seasons makes, having... Kawhi Leonard, and then no superstar player on the team, and how much better we've become. It makes no sense to me why I would bring a guy like that. And that's not a knock against Demar being a skilled player. That's it. Just doesn't work for how what fundamentally makes the Raptors good right now. But we were still good with Demar Derozan. We still had such a you know no, first we round had you, such you, success you, with Toronto. You can Raptors. call regular season good all you want, but first round and second round exits. Are not good. We made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then we got dummied. <laughs> we got smacked. We made it to six games. I will not let anyone strip away that, that 2016 series away from me, Riker. But to, to combat some of your points, because I see where you're coming from. And, you know, this is this is hypothetical for a trade, but it might be a reality or something to look at in the offseason when DeMar DeRozan's a free agent. Because this might be an actual scenario that could pull through or whatever. But DeMar DeRozan off the bench of the Toronto Raptors or... Yeah, off the, I think that would be a, a perfect fit for him in his current day. If you look at him like a, versus a guy like Lou Williams, who's a bucket, who, in similar vein, doesn't play much defense, in, even though DeMar is a much better defender than Lou Williams, and that's, you know, Lou is at the bottom tier in the league in defense. DeMar DeRozan coming off our bench, that would be such a spark, Riker. He'd come in, we know what this man could do. He can come in and automatically get you points from the mid-range, the paint, he could throw down a couple wild dunks, and I... I I'm kind of shocked. I'm kind of bewildered by the fact you'd say you wouldn't want him on the roster 
for nothing. Because, yes, we're so talented right now because we have these pieces that all fit together greatly and all that sort of stuff. And we're not losing Siak and we're not losing Lowry. We're not losing Fred by implementing DeMar back. We're just adding another 20 points per game off our bench. And, yes, I love guys like Norman Powell and even TD right now. But if you can have that surefire efficient scoring whether whether it be from you know the mid-range which is a bit different than the current style of play that we play Nick Nurse could certainly integrate that that if offensive name juggernaut me, listen, of DeMar DeRozan into this me roster a team that's above 500 right now if you can name to me mm-hmm. a playoff team that runs an offense through a post-up guy right now and I'm not talking about a Siakam post-up where he he uses his backing down in order to do you know quick like drop steps or good spin moves or that's not the majority of his game i'm talking about a guy that the offense the primary offense is run through a post-up player that like a ball stopper not because i don't think demar rosen's a a post-up player i think he's a ball stopper because he's in that mid post mid semi post i I would say the majority of his shots come off post fades yeah, that's like semi-post, because he's not yeah, like an semi-post. Andre Drummond yeah, or something. Yes, else. exactly. Yeah. And how many teams in the playoffs right now have that type of offense? Zero. Zero. Uh, not, None of the top teams. Many. But, but None I'm of the saying, top teams. Not saying, and there's a reason, we're ben, there's off a the very bench clear record. reason why the San Antonio Spurs are at the bottom of their conference right now. And it's because <laughs> they don't have one. They have two guys that have that same offense. They have two guys that are ball stoppers, that are mid-range post guys. It's not conducive to today's NBA. I wouldn't even have him if he asked to come and play for the Toronto Raptors for free. And it's the same argument but, why nobody wanted to take back Carmelo Anthony. Because you can't argue that he's a bad player. You can just argue that he's not worth it in the NBA right now. He just doesn't work for a winning team. But he's playing well for Portland right now. He has a few good games, but, but Portland still sucks. It, but, yeah, it's too small of a sample size They're to one and four with that right now. So we'll leave we'll leave we'll leave that leave the mellow discussion out of it for now. We might revisit this in three weeks because we all know how big of a fan of Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but anyways, I'm not I'm not arguing at all that we should start featuring DeMar if bring him back in and feature him as the number one offense and you know treat it like it's Kobe Bryant in 2005 when the league and Joe Johnson those types of players when they played like that I'm saying if we could bring that sort of asset off the bench just as you know when the offense is stagnated that we have a guy that can certainly get you a bucket when you need it certainly more consistently than a player like Norman Powell that would be such an asset for this team if we needed someone to you know close a few games at the end of it and Siakam's not going super strong because I brought up the fact Pascal Siakam to transition to a superstar needs to be able to get you a bucket at the end of games. Well, you know, having enough supporting cast that can get you some scores and that will help facilitate that development for Siakam and these sorts of players. And DeMar DeRozan has shown he's willing to let the younger guys grow. His assist totals and all that amped up when, you know, that bench mob season, his last season in Toronto. And yes, they're kind of stagnating in the playoffs, but that's a whole nother discussion. But if we're talking about DeMar DeRozan to play like a Lou Williams role, you know, come in, be a, a designated score, do what he does best, and then not, not have a designated it, you know, score complete... like Lou Williams because Lou Williams, his the offense flows through Lou Williams. The offense stops at DeMar DeRozan. He gets his points from holding the ball in the mid-range post, and he does fadeaways. And that style just, you can't have him out at the end of a game if you're looking for a guy that can score or that can finish. Do you, because he's at the small, do, he's at the shooting guard position. That means he can guard, be guarded mm-hmm. anywhere from uh, a, a one, two, or a three. You know, he can be guarded undersized mm-hmm. one or uh, or an oversized one or an undersized three. That's the best defensive yep. positions in the NBA. And you need a spacer because you're going to have way better mismatches on Siakam taking that last shot because he's going to be guarded against. 
against the the fours and the fives, which none have proven to be quick enough to guard him yet. So you're not able to have DeMar DeRozan be out there to space the court for Siakam to take the last-minute shot. That means DeMar's going to have to take the last-minute shot, and we know he can't do that. I'd rather have Kyle take the last-minute shot than DeMar. But to have him on the court, this is what I'm saying, okay? And your your points hold if we're running the offense. DeMar is our number one option again. But are you saying that DeMar DeRozan couldn't play a Lou Williams-type role? Because I'd argue that DeMar DeRozan is a much better player than Lou Williams. Is going to be content. Well, look at again. We're talking hypotheticals. But are you telling me that yeah, Demar yeah. Derozan, career starter and All Star, averaging twenty two points per game, is one going to be content to come off the bench, and two going to be content to be the third option off the bench? I'm saying in this hypothetical scenario where the rest of the league passes up on this man, because that's the only way we possibly get him, and then the nostalgia of playing in Toronto. In this in this world where we could possibly get DeMar DeRozan, it's probably a weird hypothetical discussion anyways, but if are you telling me he couldn't play that Lou Williams role? Because I'd argue DeMar DeRozan is a better player than Lou Williams right I'd now. I'd argue he's is that, not. Is that I'd a say, fair point? I would say that Lou Williams, if you pull up the stats right now, I'd say Lou Williams is having a better season statistically than DeMar DeRozan. And I'm going to cross-reference, I, so you, you keep talking I don't, and I'll search it up. Yeah, I, I don't have Lou Williams' stats in front of me, so you, you'll search that. But I'm saying if DeMar DeRozan was asked to do the things that Lou Williams were to do, aside from the three-point shooting, he'd be able to do it all at a higher level, including the defensive side of the ball. Because he can slash, he can get those mid-range jumpers, and to run it within a proper Nick Nurse flowing offense and maybe get his three-point shot going like it was in his last year in Toronto, I think he could be a, such an asset for this Toronto Raptors team, assuming he's used right, assuming he's used to the you know his offensive potential. He's certainly a more talented, more effective, more skilled player than Lou Williams. I, and Lou is in a perfect situation for him in the, with the LA Clippers right now, but I think it's kind of wild to think that to have DeMar DeRozan off our bench for free you know, to have him, you know, on a maybe a cheap contract this offseason, just saying the rest of the league gave up on him. I think he'd be a plus for this roster. Lou Williams shooting 38% from three, 32 minutes, two less minutes than DeMar DeRozan, averaging slightly more points than him and two more assists than him. Yeah, right now. And Lou's in the perfect situation in his career. And, you know, it, I, I'm saying that DeMar could do Lou Williams' role better than Lou Williams no. if he was asked. Not a, not a dang chance. You, you drop, you swap out right now DeMar DeRozan onto the Clippers, and you're telling me that he's going to fill that same role. Not a chance. I think they're Not better. a I chance. Better with, yeah. Not even. You're uh, okay. joking. Well, I think people are underestimating how good this man's is, despite the fact, you know, you know, because he's on the Spurs, because he's not in an offense right now that really fits his game. But let us know what you guys think. This is obviously a hypothetical debate. We kind of transitioned from the early report pretty early in this podcast because neither of us are the belief we should give up assets to bring in DeMar DeRozan. But, you know, do you guys think that if we could get DeMar DeRozan at a cheap, free contract, essentially, that we'd be in a positive position for the Toronto Sled, but let us know in the comment section below. You're the best to make his far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. Riker, any last words? Uh, that's it for me, Ben. Cheers.